All right, friends, this is something I've never done before. I'm speaking even before I go into my intro, but I have to just give a heartfelt thank you and shout out to all of you out there who are listening to this podcast. The last two weeks, Comfy Cozy Witch Podcast has been number one on Spotify in the entire religion and spirituality category. Never in a million years would I have thought my little podcast would be number one in such a huge category. And that is thanks to all of you. Also, I have had over a half a million downloads, which blows my mind. I think it's up to like 530,000 downloads. It blows my mind that I started this podcast with me, my phone, my dogs, no editing, just rambling on. And so many of you are tuning in and you continue to listen and continue to support me. So again, thank you so, so much. I am just tickled as you can hear, like I can't stop laughing. Um, It just is blowing my mind. So thank you to all of my listeners out there for your continued support. I am so glad that you are enjoying the podcast. Hello, my Comfy Cozy Witchy friends, and welcome to episode number 40 of the Comfy Cozy Witch podcast with me, Jenny Blonde, the Comfy Cozy Witch. Thank you so much for being here with me today. And I have to say, yes, this is officially episode number 40, not the last one. I was mistaken. For some reason in my head, the last episode was number 40, and obviously I said that in my intro. However, I was wrong. This is officially episode number 40, and I'm really excited to bring you this episode today. And if you listened to the last podcast episode, you already know what this is about. Today, I want to talk about the thinning of the veil and share some listener stories. And My friends, you did not disappoint. So many of you emailed me your stories about the veil thinning and really your own spooky, some spooky, some not so much, but ghost stories. And I am so excited to share them with you today. But before I go into that, let's hear what is currently making me feel comfy, cozy, and witchy. I want to give a quick shout out to the most recent Mugwort level Patreon subscribers. Thank you so much for your support. Really, I thank everybody who has subscribed to my Patreon to get, you know, some extra content for me, but especially to that Mugwort tier. And I want to give some shout outs to Stephanie, Miranda, to Josie, Lorenda, Sharon, to Susan at Cottage Witchery, to Anna and Darlene. Thank you to Michelle, Emma, Gabriella, and a special thank you to Joy, Laura H., Audio Boy, Muriel, Mariah, and thank you to Justine, Crystal, The Bunny Witch, Louise, Ashlyn, and Ari. I appreciate your support so very much. You can join my Patreon if you go to patreon.com slash comfy cozy witch and and find all sorts of extra content and goodies from me. So there are a few things that are making me feel comfy, cozy and witchy and you're you're probably going to hear in the background my little dog. I think you probably just heard her bark. She's barking. Unfortunately, she caught whatever um, virus bacterial thing that Reese had. And so she is kind of quarantined and not very happy about it. So you might hear her barking once in a while in the background. Um, but she is on the mend and Reese is feeling better. So again, thank you all for your kind words. Thank you for sending your love and support and healing thoughts and energy to Reese because we are back to our walks. She is pretty much back to normal. So again, thank you. So there, as I said, there are a number a number of things. I've been enjoying decorating for Samhain. We, for the first time, went all out decorating for Halloween this year. My son has been asking us for years to go all out, decorate the house, get inflatables and skeleton things and ghosts and all sorts of goodies. And we did it this year. Uh, we went to Costco and got one of those 
10 foot tall grim reapers that talks and opens and shuts its eyes and interacts. Well, not interacts, but it it reacts when people walk by. So we got that. We got some lights to put in the trees. Of course, I have lights strung around my pentacle on the front porch now, orange lights. We have purple accent lights. So it has been a lot of fun. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's been a lot of fun decorating and has just really put us in that Samhain season Halloween mood, which is, is one thing. I know I'm going to I'm gonna say a couple things that are making me feel comfy, cozy, and witchy. The next item is this past weekend, I went to Witches Day Out. It was called Witches Day Out. It was the fifth annual Witches Day Out. And this was near nearby in a town, I don't know, not quite a half an hour away. And I didn't know what to expect because I hadn't been there before. And when it was advertised, I thought, oh, Witches Day Out, this is a great, I mean, this is just a little festival, not not necessarily targeted toward a pagan audience or witch witchy audience, but just open to the public, a festival where people can dress up and they had a DJ and food. And imagine my surprise when I got there and it very much was targeted toward witches. And the vendors there, many of them I had seen before at other pagan festivals, um, but a lot of the vendors were witches themselves and pagans, and they were creating goods for other others, other witchy people, I guess, to enjoy and just for anyone to enjoy from oils and bath salts to wall hangings and items for your altar. There were all sorts of goodies there. And I don't, and there were some mediums there doing readings. There was a paranormal investigation team. It was, it it actually shocked me when I pulled up, <clears throat> excuse me, to see that the parking lot was full. There were hundreds of people there. There was, I would say 70 vendors, maybe 70, 75, which I thought was pretty big. Um, and you could tell people were enjoying themselves. A lot of the vendors were dressed up and I know the the creator of this event, the organizer, she was dressed up in her hocus pocus gear and looked fantastic. But it was just a really nice afternoon. This was on Sunday. <clears throat> and again, I had gone to our county Pagan Pride Festival, and I, I talked about it a little bit on this podcast. I loved the festival. The, I mean, I loved the vendors. The vendors there were so amazing many of them driving over two, three hours to vend. Uh, But unfortunately, that event was not marketed very well. Not many people knew. And I, I was sad for a lot of those vendors who showed up because this was the Pagan Pride Festival and there was hardly anyone there. And it really was shocking to me. And I was sad to see that because I know that there's a really healthy Pagan community in the area. Um, so to see such a large turnout at this Witches Day Out made me realize, okay, people are coming out to these events um, if they are marketed correctly. And I, I wish that it weren't that way, but that's that's the unfortunate truth of it. You have to market your events if you want people to come. And I will say people came to this event. So Witches Day Out, I saw on their Facebook event page or group, no, I guess it was a page, that 4,000 people were interested and 400 marked that they were going, which was huge in this area, kind of a small area here. Uh, so anyway, that was lovely. Made me feel comfy, cozy, witchy. I did not purchase much. I did get some handmade incense from this lovely lady and some stickers from this little girl named Abby who sold me, 100% sold me on her witchy stickers. (laughs) And I would guess she was my son's age, maybe eight, nine years old, working with her mother at her mother's um, stand. But I, you know, I really, I appreciated her because that's something my son would have done. It was so cute. But I didn't purchase much else because I had seen a lot of those vendors elsewhere. And really, I have, I have a lot. I have almost too much. You saw I had to do a 
paring down, de-stashing, rehoming sale on my Instagram not too long ago because I just have accumulated over the years so much and so much that I just no longer use. So I didn't want to purchase even more, but I do use my incense and I will use those stickers in my journaling. So that also made me feel comfy, cozy, witchy. And then the last thing is a song I'm going to play for you. As you know, Samhain is coming up here in a week. And for each of the Sabbaths, well, for for some of the Sabbaths, I have played you the Flora Ware song that goes along with the Sabbath. And so I want to play you the Samhain song by Flora Ware. And this one is called Veil is Thin at Samhain. So enjoy. Trees are bare, smoky air, the final harvest is in, shorter So I really, I like all of their songs. I especially like their Yule song. And Samhain, this one's nice as well. So I thought I would just share that with you because I listen to it in the background as I'm 
doing my morning ritual work, doing some journaling. So yes, I hope you enjoyed that. Again, that was Veil is Thin at Samhain by Flora Ware, and that is their Songs for the Wheel of the Year album. So thank you for listening to all those things that are making me feel comfy, cozy, and witchy right now. And let's move on to the main segment about the thinning veil and stories from some of our listeners. I am so thrilled that this episode is being sponsored by a new business to me called That Pearl Witch. And That Pearl Witch offers various ritual oils for divination, for spell work, deity work, and so much more. The owner also does custom oils and spell kits and tarot readings, one of which I received and it was spot on. I also received a box of goodies from That Pearl Witch and they had so much magic and intention and I can't wait to use them in my practice. So you can receive 10% off your purchase at That Pearl Witch with the code Comfy cozy and you can find the business on Instagram at that pearl witch or also linked right here in the show notes. All right. So many of you know if you listen to the last, the last episode that I for some reason this year am feeling the veil thinning more than usual. And I think that that's not unusual. Some years the veil does feel more thin than others and that veil that's between the physical world and the spiritual world, um, again, is thinning. And so we are feeling more spiritual truths. We are feeling more contact from our guides, from our ancestors, from those on the other side of the veil. And I asked if anyone else has been feeling this. And so many of you responded by saying, yes, Jenny, I felt this too. And many of you sent me your stories. But I just want to share a little bit uh, about my experience with the veil thinning this year. And again, I don't know why. I don't know what it is. I Maybe it's because I have been called more and more the last few months to work with my ancestor ancestors to work with my guides really work with my land spirits and i've been i've really been focusing on working with my land my land spirits and i think that maybe that's one of the reasons i'm feeling this so vividly this year but i have also noticed i'm i'm sensing more spirits more than usual and Things things have been happening around my house. You know, we we see those lights flicker, and 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 I think I mentioned that on the last podcast. But I have been hearing more things. I have been dreaming every single night, and I know at some point over the last couple of years of my podcast, I've mentioned I don't dream a lot. I'm just I've never been a person who dreams a lot. So when I do dream. I pay attention because it typically means something um unless I, I unless it, I know that it's subconscious and something that you know happened that day or I'm I'm worried about something occurring in the future but I have noticed more than usual I am dreaming I'm dreaming a lot of my grandparents who have passed on I'm speaking to my loved ones and it's all good it's all good stuff good dreams some have, actually some have been a little bit odd and I've had to journal about them I'm not sure what they have meant yet or maybe I will never really know um, but I have been dreaming more the the lights this is going to sound funny but the lights in our laundry room when I go in there they're they're flickering all the time and I and I keep saying to my husband we need to change the bulb in here. We need to change the bulb in here. But he hasn't noticed it. My son hasn't noticed it at all. I notice it every single day. And so it got to the point where I just started talking. I started talking to the light, to spirit, um, and just saying, okay, if you're, you're trying to get in touch with me, communicate with me, let me know. And the light will just blink again. And I know to some of you, maybe who are just new to listening or just starting out on your spiritual journey, you're thinking, oh gosh, that sounds ridiculous. But it's true. This has been happening. And I know it happens to many of you because they're the energy that there is in electricity really um, 
<clears throat> calls to spirits. They can, they connect with that and they can easily manipulate that because I really believe it takes a lot of energy on the part of a spirit to even show themselves to someone. I mean, it takes so much energy. So if they can feed off our energy or feed off electricity to give us signs, they're going to do that. I told you in last week's episode, I have been seeing the synchronicities with numbers. I see four, four, fours everywhere. Now I'm just seeing them all. 11, 11, 2, 2, 2, 3, 3, 3, 4, 4, 4, 5, 5, 5. It is nonstop and it's happening more and more and more. And this is just telling me, okay, people want to connect with me right now. So I'm going to sit down and listen. I'm going to sit down, shut my mouth a little bit, sit in quiet meditation more and really work on connecting. Because it is so apparent to me that people are trying to communicate with me, that spirits are trying to communicate with me. Uh, the other the other day when I was talking to my friend Rowan, you all know my dear, dear friend Rowan. Hi, Rowan. If you hear this episode, we need to catch up again very, very soon. Um, but I was talking to Rowan and we were talking about the thinning of the veil and how how I've been feeling it more this year. And as I am speaking into the phone, as I am talking, the front door, I hear like the front door open and then the chime because we have an alarm system. And every time somebody opens a door or a window, it goes ding, 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 and it chimed. And the funny thing is I had just been out running errands all morning and I always lock the door. I always lock the doors. Um, I had been out running errands and I had just come in. I was talking to Rowan when that happened. So I hadn't been to the front door. I hadn't opened it, hadn't shut it. I had just come in with groceries and um, our prescriptions because I, I swung by the pharmacy too. And and wouldn't you know, that that happened. And I just froze and I said, oh my gosh, Rowan, it happened again. Because things like that have happened when I'm on, on the phone with Rowan in the past. Um, or on, I guess, chatting in some some form with Rowan. Last year around this time, it was mugs falling in my cupboard. I caught that on video. Um, there was there were a couple other things that happened whenever Rowan and I are talking to each other. But that that happened uh, just just the other day. So there have been little things like that. Um, I went to an antique shop on Sunday on my way back home from the Witch's Day Out. I stopped by a little antique shop I have been called to swing into for a while. So I was like, you know what? I'm stopping by. Um, I stopped in, talked to the lovely woman who worked there named Stephanie, and she was telling me stories about the shop and experiences that she had, had had with the shop. I didn't ask. I didn't ask if she felt there were spirits, somehow it just came up. She knew that she could safely talk to me about these things and I would understand. So she was telling me about some of those things that happened. And she said, and there's a room upstairs when you get in, you'll know it. I just want to know what your thoughts are. So I walked upstairs and there's this little room off to the left side. And this is an old house built in the 1870s, like the house I grew up in, actually. And I walked in this one little room And immediately, immediately, I was chilled to the bone. Only my left side, which told me that it was probably a male. um, And I could tell that the energy was connected to that antique shop. It wasn't connected to any item in particular. That energy was connected to the building. So I went down and I told her all of these things. I said, yeah, I walked in there twice. The first time I definitely felt something was my left side. Immediately, I knew it was a male, a male presence, maybe middle-aged, not too old. And he's connected to the building. It's not connected to the items or the antiques inside. He's actually connected with this building because, you know, antique houses, they they house so much energy, residual energy from people's wares. And then, but this one, I knew it was the building itself. It wasn't the items. And so I told the woman this and she said, that's so weird because that's, I got the same feeling. And she said, another boy was in here and said something similar whenever he was walking through. And I just felt very much in tune with those things. I I go through antique antique shops many times throughout the year because I just love antique shops and don't feel a thing or I'm turned off to receiving any messages 
or turned off to feeling anything. But I went in there receptive to feeling energy and boy, did it ever come across. I also felt some energy in the back, like toward the back of the shop that I couldn't quite pinpoint. And I was in a rush uh, because I, I had to get, I wanted to get home because we were going to go for a family hike. But I do want to go back and revisit whenever Stephanie is working there and go back to the upstairs back room because I definitely felt something there. And I feel like my guides are calling me to explore that a little bit more. Um, so anyway, those are just a few things that I've I've experienced this year. There is there's much more I could go into detail about these dreams. Um, they they're not I mean nonstop on a daily basis. I will think of someone or something related to someone that I haven't thought about in years or months and then they'll pop up in a message or their name will come up in a conversation. So I am seeing a lot of the idiosyncrasies or a lot of synchronicities, I should say, um, this year, more more this year than ever. So I am excited to go to some of these sacred sites near me and just sit and quiet and see what messages come to me. Um, just to to practice my awareness and practice with my my clear senses and my natural abilities, abilities that we all have, our innate psychic abilities. And you know, I haven't done that in a while. It's been it's been quite some time. And so I feel and I felt really called to dive in and dig in a little bit more. What was that noise? What was that? Well, someone's telling me, yep, that's what I need to be doing. What was that? Did you hear that in the background? That was strange. Okay. And it's not Reese because she's right here. My other dog now is sleeping. So anyway, yes, that's my sign. Continue. Continue working on these things, Jenny. And it, it could be a sign for some of you as well. Last week's episode, I know it resonated with so many of you because you sent me messages. Like this came at the perfect time. I've been wanting to connect with my guides. I've been wanting to explore this further. Um... And so maybe this is a little nudge to do that as well. Before I continue, I need to just pause for a second to say something that I meant to say at the beginning of this episode. I have an event coming up this Sunday, October 30th. If any of you are local or are willing to drive to Hellertown, Pennsylvania. So this is, I think it's still in Northampton County. Think um, Hellertown, Pennsylvania. There is a shop there called Kindred Spirits Bookstore. It is a metaphysical shop. I've talked about it before on the podcast, and I will be at the shop doing a little Samhain event. It's a, a what do we call it? A comfy, cozy, and kindred spirits collaboration. A lot of alliteration there with the k sounds, but I will be there signing my book. I will have, I'm going to make muffins, a recipe for my book and a little beverage. And I will be leading everybody who attends in a protection spell making event. So if you are in the area, you are nearby, please stop in. You can look on um, a Kindred Spirits, their bookshop. You can look at Kindred Spirits. There's information there. I'm going to post information on my Instagram at Comfy Cozy Witch, so you can check it out there. And it is this Sunday evening. I think it's $20, and it's going to be a lot of fun. And I know space is limited. So if you do hear this and you are local, call them Kindred Spirits in Hellertown, Pennsylvania, Call them, get on the list. Okay, I can't believe I forgot to mention that earlier. So before I move on, or I'm about ready to move on, I'm going to get into the thinning veil stories that many of you sent me. Thank you, everyone. I received so many stories, and I cannot read them all. That would take multiple episodes. I mean, I guess I, I could. I could do multiple episodes, but I did print them out. (laughs) I printed them out and then I randomly chose some. So if you don't hear your story, I am so sorry. I'm also going to be sharing first names, not last names, um, just in case people don't want their whole identity shared. But I will be sharing these stories now and I hope that you enjoy. All right, this first story comes from Emma W. She messaged me from across the pond uh, in England. She is in Devon, England. So thank you, Emma, for sharing. 
Emma says this. My granddad passed away in February of this year. He was like a father figure to me and my siblings, and his passing hit me 1,000 times harder than I was prepared for. When it came to around the six-month mark when the headstone could be placed at the gravesite, my mom received a call from the funeral directors who told her the headstone was booked in to be placed at the gravesite on August 12th. Around a week before that, on August 4th, I was driving home from visiting my mom and suddenly had the urge to visit his grave. I know it sounds crazy, but I swear I heard my granddad's voice telling me to visit the grave. Uh, Emma, it does not sound crazy at all. No, that happens all the time. And sure enough, when I went there, the headstone had been put in. I stared at it alone and cried for a while, naturally. And when I went to my car to call my mom to see if she wanted to come and visit, I turned back to look at the back of the headstone and there was a ray of sunshine directly beaming on the stone on an otherwise dark, gloomy day. I'm convinced that my granddad called me to see him laid to rest with my nan finally, and he was at peace when he saw I had visited and saw his name added to the joint headstone. So, Emma, that is such a lovely story, and I, too, absolutely believe that he sent you there, that you heard him talking, and a week before it was even supposed to be placed there, he wanted you to have some time um, before even others were able to get there because you had such a special connection to him. And I love the ray of sunshine that was beaming on the stone. That is just so beautiful. Emma, thank you so much for sharing your story. This next story comes from Debbie. Um, Debbie had a number of stories that she sent, so I'm excited to be able to share one of them. Um, and if there's time, maybe I'll share another one at the end, but but I'd have to, we'll have to see because then I'd have to put all the stories back and shuffle them again. So in 2002, my grandfather passed away six months after a fall he had had. I remember everything that week of his death and was honored to have been with him. He passed away in the afternoon around 1.40 p.m. I had made the calls I needed to make after that. Then later that night, around 1.30 in the morning, I got a phone call, and it was a man. When I asked who it was, he replied to me, you know who this is. I got chills. I asked him if he made it okay, and he said yes. I asked if he was okay again, and he said yes. I told him that I would see him again, and he told me yes. If I had not been scared, I would have asked him more questions. <laughs> to this day, I feel that it was my grandfather. That number should have been between the funeral home and my brother's number. That's the only, the one and only call like that I ever got. I loved that story too because I think, um, so I think others have experienced that. You know, a, a phone call. You know, this a spirit just crossing over and mustering up the energy to contact a loved one that they knew just really needed to be contacted at that, that time. And I've heard other stories of people being connected through the phone in that way. And I just love that. Okay, so this next story is from Amelia F., Thank you, Amelia. Um, I love it. You said, I'm not sure if this is what you're after, but it's an old family story um, of one of the more creepy things. So here we go. <laughs> Amelia writes, some years ago, a friend of my grandmother's passed away around this time of year, I believe. Without living family, it was left to my grandmother to clear his old house. Like many old men, he used a walking stick, but his particular walking stick was unique intricately carved and by all accounts a real work of art. In his will, he left the rather unusual request that upon his death this walking stick should be broken down and burnt. My grand felt this was a real shame and wondered if he really meant that. So when they were at the house, she left the walking stick hooked over a rail in the front room while she and my grandfather started to clear the other rooms. They'd been clearing for a while, completely alone in the house, when they heard a huge crash from the front room. When they ran through, they discovered a load of glassware smashed and lying on the floor 
in front of the pieces was the walking stick. The stick, with no wind, no windows open, no one else in the house, had managed to unhook from a fixed rail, travel across the room, and smash glasses from a wall shelf. My grand took this as a sign her friend was cross for not carrying out his wishes, so they burnt the stick then and there in the fireplace. (laughs) And that's where the story ends. I, Amelia, I love that story. Yes, clearly there there was this connection to the walking stick. He needed that to be burnt and he was going to get his way. And he had to be a little destructive to do that. Um, And I do wonder, you'll have to email me back because I do wonder if they experienced anything after that. Um, Anything after that. I mean, I guess they burned the stick and, and that was that. But I loved that one. Thank you for sharing, Amelia. This next story comes from Alyssa K. Hi, Alyssa. Hi, Allie. I know you go by Allie. Um, So she's giving us a little backstory first. So here's the backstory. My grandfather passed away last year and he was known for being a little green man, literally five foot two and always in a green jumpsuit. I love this already. (laughs) He owned a lawn maintenance company. Okay, that's even more perfect. And he and my grandmother taught me everything I know about gardening and giving love to the earth. Since his passing, I felt glimmers of his presence around my property, mostly in the form of a blue jay or a small frog. I even had a little frog present for my engagement and truly believe it was him. I do too. That's amazing. While this is all sweet, I've also been visited by him in multiple dreams, the latest one being my story today. I live in farm country, New York, and we had been having a horrible drought. The field of my property and everyone's properties were burnt to a tan, crunchy crisp. There was even a burn ban in place due to the dry conditions. During the peak of this heat wave, I was visited by my grandfather while I slept. He came to me as an overwhelming rain, the kind of storm where all you can hear is the rushing of water and all you can see is mist. I remember being so elated and refreshed to see my grandfather and also feel the rain all around me in my dream. The very next day, a giant rainstorm hit New York and completely ended the drought. Thanks, Grandpa. I couldn't believe it. Um, And she says, I know it wasn't a spooky story, but it made me feel comfy, cozy, and in touch with my ancestors. You know what? They they don't need to be spooky. Um... A lot of ghost stories, I don't feel need to be spooky. It's just that connection with our past loved ones like this, them reaching out, I think can be very beautiful. Some absolutely can be spooky, like the woman that my brother used to see in our haunted house growing up, the white woman with the little white dog um, that would stand outside my bedroom. (laughs) But... I think that they can be just beautiful and meaningful as well. And that was, that was a really lovely story. Thank you, Allie. And I love, I love your description of your grandfather and he was known as the little green man. And I will say too, my, my grandmother comes to me in the form of a blue jay, my Grammy, the one that I talk about in, in my book, in, especially in the kitchen witchcraft section. But yes, she always comes in the form of a blue jay. Even whenever you don't see many blue jays around, they'll show up. So let's go on to the next story. This next story comes from Jennifer W. And she says, it's not a ghost story in the classic sense, but a story about feeling more connected as the veil thins, which I think is perfect. Um, As I said in, in that last story that I read, I think this is great because we're talking all about the veil thinning. So she writes, For the last eight years, I was the curator of a historic home that was born before the American Revolution began. Her history beckoned mightily around every corner. She was overflowing with undocumented, unlabeled artifacts that commanded my attention and begged me to tell their tales. As someone who is more in touch with her intuitive side, the spiritual energy in all of these objects at times became overwhelming. 
when the sensory overload of the house would get to me, I would often find myself retreating to the attic for a reprieve, where history resided in a softer tone under a layer of dust in the shadowing eaves. I both loved and hated that house. It was hard enough to deal with my own ancestral ghosts, but dealing with the ghosts of a family I never knew was more draining than I expected. Letting go of my role as curator this year was difficult too, but I know I needed to for my own well-being. A few days ago, I attended a society meeting at the house for the first time since before the pandemic began. We had a drawing for a door prize, which seemed to be destined for my hands. I had no idea what it was, but as a hand went into the basket to draw out a name, a singular thought filled my head as loud as could be, and it said, this is for me. Sure enough, my name was called. I opened the box that was wrapped in a historic toil print to reveal a small wooden replica of the house. I almost felt like crying. I knew this was not a coincidence. The house and all her history and all of her ghosts were thanking me for years of service. I'm attaching a photo for you to see. And she did. She sent me this photo and it is a perfect replica of this gorgeous, gorgeous home. And that is so special. 100%. She wanted you. That house wanted you to have that door prize to remember her and all of the work that you did as curator. I think that's beautiful. Also, Jennifer, your your writing, your imagery is beautiful. As a former creative writing English teacher and author, I'm like, ooh, I love the way that she that she um, wove details throughout this whole story. So Jennifer, thank you so much for sharing that. Michelle M., you write, um, just you in general, you talk about the thinning of the veil and what it means to you and connecting with your ancestors, the changing of the leaves and watching them transform from the bright greens of summer to the fiery oranges, the yellows, the reds of fall, and the dark time of the year signifying the thinning of the veil. And you love how unique this, it becomes thin. And then again, around Beltane, when the nature begins to wake up and spring approaches. I love that. And personally, it, it brings you to your grandmother, who you were super close with your entire life. She loved to paint trees and nature. This is interesting. You write, she lived in Israel where there's no seasonal changes like we have here. So you would send her pictures of the bright colors and she would come visit in the fall to see that change. Oh, and so you, oh, you feel that connection every time the leaves start to change. That is so magical and special. And I'm so glad that you shared that. And I did notice in your email, you might make it to my Kindred Spirits bookshop signing an event next uh, this Sunday. So that would be so much fun. Thank you. This next story comes from Sarah J. And this is um, just such a cozy, magical experience with her past loved one at her wedding. (laughs) So she writes, I lost my grandmother in early 2019, one day before my birthday. It is still difficult to accept that she is no longer here. We were very close. She was sick for a long time. And every time she went into the hospital, I would pray hard for her recovery. I would be very specific about it and ask spirit to at least let her live to see my wedding day, even though at the time I was single and very far from marrying anyone. When that last time came, she was so weak, I knew I had to let her go. It was the only time I didn't pray for her to recover and she passed the next morning. Fast forward to now, I got engaged last year and asked my mother to make my wedding dress. It was not only something special between us, but considering my grandmother taught her how to sew, and they'd often consult on sewing projects. It was as if I was involving her too. Well, a few months ago, we were having dress problems. I could tell my mother wasn't happy with how it was coming along, especially after one particular fitting. I could see the disappointment on her face. I told her to step away from it for a little while and not to stress too much, but I knew she wanted it to be perfect. That night, after the fitting, I had a dream. I dreamed it was my wedding day, and not only my grandmother, but my great-grandmother were both there. I had never dreamed of my great-grandmother and had very few of my grandmother. In the dream, my great-grandmother came up to me and hugged me. 
They were both admiring my dress, which was completely different from the one we were planning on making, but still had some elements of the original design, just simplified. When I woke up the next morning, I knew what we had to do. I told my mom about the dream and about the dress, and we changed everything. It ended up being the exact dress from the dream and was perfect and way easier to finish than the original would have been. Even though my grandmother couldn't be here to celebrate and plan with me, which would have been a highlight of her life, she still got her opinion in. She was that kind of woman. We used to always say she was a witch. She always knew things and always figured out how to get her way. I say that with nothing but love. She was one of a kind. And this was her and her mother peeking through the veil, letting us know they were there. I love this story. And that is... That is exactly um, what she was doing. She and your great-grandmother still wanted to show their support and they were there for your big day and they still had a hand in creating your dress. And I do believe, you know, spirits, that that per, the personality traits, that does not change when we cross over. Um, and so she's feisty. She got her way and she was doing that through the dream. And I just think that is so lovely. So thank you so much, Sarah, for sharing that. This next story comes from Kayleen H. And I'll just go right into the email. Hello, I'm Kayleen. I've never emailed or chatted with you before, but when I heard you wanted veil lifting stories, I had to email you. I work in an antique mall in Montana. Oh, here we go with my antique malls <laughs> that was built in 1887, originally as a downtown hotel across from the railroad. The age of the building plus the added bonus of items with their own personal history coming in and out all add up to some spooky potential. There has definitely been stories shared over the years, such as items moving on their own, camera footage cutting out at the same time as something happened, even piano music playing, and we do not sell pianos here. <laughs> I've been working there for over a year now and have definitely had some experiences to share. The first one was I got to experience was the piano noise. It was brief and it sounded as if it was far away. I was in the basement and there are four floors. I have a really great recognition of sound to songs or songs to movies and can always place how I know it. Well, I ended up finding the song I heard. The song is called That is French. I don't speak French. I butchered that. I apologize so much. If you look on YouTube, it's a black and white picture of the composer. And I heard the piano sounds from 12 to 19 seconds into that song. So cool, I found the song, and I've definitely played it there a few times for whoever's listening. Oh, I love that you did that, that you've played it for them, They like they wanted you to find it. This October, while I've been there, I've definitely had some strange things happen to make me jumpy. At the beginning of the month, a gal and I were working together, and it was a very slow weekday. No one was on the first floor, and we were behind the counter and heard such a loud glass crash banging sound. Both of us jumped. No one around, couldn't find anything on the ground, and then I noticed something in a locked case moving and realized something fell within a locked case. It was a small child-sized porcelain tea set, so someone was wanting to have fun at a tea party. Also, I just recently was walking around the second floor and a heavy metal serving tray fell down. There were people around the opposite side of the floor, but not anywhere near the tray. I've had some encounters on the second floor in the past two. In the past two, I check for customers while closing, only to circle back around in the same spot and find a hat sitting in the middle of the floor and then a silhouette near the stairs. So far, I've never had any bad encounters or feelings to the building. I actually have a strong affinity to the building and location and love working there. And I hope that you've enjoyed these stories. Well, those are just delightful, Kayleen. I love the stories. Um, they're just, they're really nice. So thank you for sharing. Okay, let me go on my list here. Yeah, I got the right one. So the next story comes from Holly and she writes that she's been listening to the podcast for a while, finds it delightful. Well, thank you so much. She writes, this isn't exactly a story, but I wanted to share about a spirit. I've been feeling more present recently because of the thinning veil. Good. I love this. 
One of my close friends can feel spirits and energies very clearly and has known for years of the spirit most present in their home. They've recently determined his name is Wilbur. I was never really able to sense him easily, but recently I've been able to. He's friendly and sweet, and it's lovely to finally be able to feel him because of this extra thin veil. Recently, there was a day that he followed my friend to our campus. We were in the library, and I had known he was there, but not really known where he was in the large building. At one point, I felt a pulse of energy through my leg. I felt overwhelmed with childlike wonder and comfort. I asked my friend about it, and they told me that Wilbur had been extremely close to me at the time and seemed to be fond of me. This whole ordeal truly made me feel warm and comforted. I suppose this wasn't particularly spooky, um, but just wanted to share this sweet encounter. I think that's great. Again, doesn't have to be spooky. It's just stories that we are experiencing of the veil thinning. So thank you. All right, and this story comes from Mackenzie S. Thank you, Mackenzie, for sending this in. So she says, just a little backstory before I tell my story. My dad passed away from cancer when he was only 47 years old back in 2018. I was only 22. His cancer was sudden and had no symptoms until it was too late. He passed a year after his diagnosis. My dad was my best friend, and when he passed, a part of me died too. I also recently lost my dog this summer due to degenerative myelopathy. Sorry about that pronunciation. Her name was Asa. I hope I said that right. And she was beautiful and smart German shepherd. I was completely heartbroken as I have a huge space in my heart for animals, especially dogs. She was my sassy old lady who I love dearly. And I want to say this isn't a ghost story per se, but I think it was a visitation due to the veil thinning. Absolutely. Between that and you um, awakening to your, uh, your ability to reach out to those who have passed. A few weeks ago, I started to practice meditation so I could better um, get better about calming my mind and grounding myself. I know typically you aren't supposed to have visions when meditating, but it sort of just happened. And I'm glad I did. You know, you can absolutely, as a side note, have visitations while you're meditating because your mind is calmed down a little bit. I find it it's easier. Or it happens more frequently then, than when you're busy. <laughs> she says, I remember darkness and hearing waves crash outside against the coastline. I then remember watching the waves crash against the sand and rocks while sitting on the beach. The sky was cloudy, but a beautiful lavender gray color. Suddenly, I felt warmth, like a blanket being wrapped around me, and then I heard my dad's voice. He told me he loved me, and that although he may not be physically on this earth, that he was still here. I remember telling him how much I loved and missed him, that I was happy he was no longer in pain, but sad he was taken from us too soon. Then I heard a familiar bark. And there was my Asa girl running toward me on the beach. She sat next to me and I pet her and cried. My dad then turned to me and said it was time for them to go, but that I would see them again. That they loved me so much and not to be sad. We hugged each other goodbye. I remember coming out of the meditation in tears, both happy and sad. Maybe it was my imagination running wild, but I truly believe my dad and sweet Asa came to visit me that night. It felt so real. It gave me some comfort knowing they are still with me and they have found peace in their passing. I'm glad they found each other in the spirit world as I begged for my dad to help guide her across the rainbow bridge when she passed and I knew he would. That is just so beautiful and I think so many of our past loved ones connect with us for comfort um, and especially when we're grappling with their death or the passing of someone or an, an animal, another person close to us, they want to show us that that comfort and warmth. And that's what your father was doing here. Um, I love that. And I love that that happened to you during meditation. You could really recall it because you were very much aware. You know, sometimes when, when spirits come to us in dreams, it's harder to wrap your mind, not wrap your mind around, but you're, you're still foggy. You're waking up from a dream. Wait, what just happened? And then you have to, if you want to remember, you have to write it down. Um, but you know, during meditation, you're a little bit more aware. So when you're out of that meditation, I think things can be more vivid. That's me. That's my own personal experience, but I don't know about some of you, but thank you, Kenzie, for sharing that story. That was really lovely. 
All right, and this will be the last story. I have more, um, but just not enough time. And this one comes from Tess W. She says, the story happened two to three years ago. To give some backstory about myself, I have never personally experienced anything, but I've always been a huge fan of the paranormal, specifically spirits. And although I've never witnessed and or experienced anything until this moment in time, until this experience itself, I can now fully say that I am a believer of the unknown and I cannot fully explain what happened and why. (laughs) Oh, I'm excited. To give some background as to where the story takes place, we used to live in a coach house, very old coach house in the south of England. It was about 200 to 300 years old, give or take. This little tiny renovated coach house was tucked behind a bunch of flats, apartment buildings, and used to be where the caregiver of an old manor house that is no longer there used to live. We know this because our landlord told us when we bought the house, bought it for that specific reason. To give you a layout of this house for the story to make sense, there were two stories. The bottom story as you walked in through the front door was a laminated wooden floor which was our living room. And then attached to that was an open kitchen concept. And then there was a door out on the side to what was a back garden. There was then an open staircase that led to a second level, almost like a loft that was carpeted, had our bathroom and our bedroom in it. One December day, two years ago, I was home alone. I had had the day off, which was great because I needed to catch up on wrapping Christmas as my husband was at work. I thought this would be the perfect opportunity to do so. And so I decided that I was going to do it and the best place was downstairs because I knew we had nice smooth floors and they were all wooden so it would be easy to wrap presents. I also thought it would be a great idea and a good opportunity for me to finally hang the wreath up, the Christmas wreath in the front door. I'm short, just like me. (laughs) So I had to get the chair of one from upstairs and bring it downstairs to do the front door. When I was done with the wreath, I didn't put the chair back upstairs and left it sitting on the floor across from me. The chair is wooden, heavy, like a dining room chair would be, and is not easy to move. I was wrapping Christmas gifts, as you do on the floor, listening to music I had on the TV, just enjoying myself. I also have two cats, Odin and Beans, and they were playing and what have you. And all of a sudden, I got this weird urge, very strange, just to look up. It wasn't like a conscious decision. It was more like I knew I needed to look up. It wasn't just casual. Oh, have a glance around the room. Like it felt like I needed to, to like a pull. It was just so weird, a a draw to do that. As I looked up, the cats were running and they looked spooked and they ran past me upstairs. And as I panned to them and then back right in front of me, there was the chair. And as I stared at the chair, only for a split second, it shifted, like fully moved. It looked like someone had just moved into it and sat it to my face, like the chair fully moved. I was stunned. I sat there for what felt like minutes, but was probably only seconds before I got up and I ran out of the house and was panicked and started freaking out. I was terrified because I could not explain what had moved the chair. I sat there with myself, tried to rationalize it for like a half an hour before I felt comfortable going back inside. It couldn't have been a train. It couldn't have been a car. We were so far off the road. My cats were already upstairs playing by the time I saw the chair move. There was no explanation. Nothing had moved the chair. And so my mother-in-law came over and helped me cleanse the house. We did a clap cleanse and told whatever was there to get out. I cleansed it with smoke, incense, Palo Santo. I lit every candle that I had. I can see this. Oh my gosh, Tess, like your first experience, you're doing everything you can to get the spirit. And it could have been a nice spirit, (laughs) but you did feel uncomfortable. So she says, for days I felt uncomfortable, not in the house, but of what had happened because the house itself didn't feel weird or unusual. It was only the situation that had occurred that made me feel uneasy. It took me days and days of mulling over what happened to find a rational explanation that I had, and I still couldn't figure it out. And then my father-in-law had come over for dinner one evening, and he was sitting on the couch. He's rational, but also believes in otherworldly stuff. So I sat and I told him the story of what had happened, and he looked at me without a beat, and he said, did it happen here? And he points in front of the space where the chair went. And I said, yes. And he goes, tell me how old is that glass curio cabinet you have against the wall here? 
And I looked at him and I went, oh, it's like vintage 1900s. And he goes, what do you keep in here? And I said, all of my bones and herbs, my witchy bottles. Then he goes, did you ever think that maybe there was something attached to the cabinet? Or maybe you attracted something to the cabinet by having something in there. And I thought, oh my, that was it. The only explanation that I have for any of this is that I attracted something or something was attached to the cabinet because the chair was right in front of it when it happened and nothing else happened since and nothing has happened ever since. I still have the cabinet, which is now fully cleansed. I also don't keep any of my witchy bits in it anymore. To this day, it's the only rational explanation I have of what happened. And even then, I am not convinced. (laughs) Um, I love this. I I know because we try to explain away first. We try to rationalize. Okay, was the door open? Was there a breeze? Did a train go by and move, move the chair? Um, But I love that your father-in-law without a beat was like, uh, what about this cabinet? Did it happen there? What do you keep in there? Because yes, I believe spirits can be attached to items and they they can move. They can be attached to places. They can be attached to people um, and things. So that's so interesting to me. And I thank you very much for sharing. And everyone, you know, I had so many more stories and I'm so sorry that I couldn't read all of them. Um, Elizabeth, like your story about your coworker who passed away that is still with you. And Shannon, I loved your little story. Katie, your story of, I think it was your bachelorette party to San Antonio and your tour guide that sounded like me. Um, another Sarah, I loved yours. Um, Kristen, you had such a good one. Another Kaylee. So thank you all. Deb, all of your stories, you know, thank you all for sharing your stories. I so enjoyed reading them and sharing them. Um, And I would love to do this again. I think it would be a lot of fun to do it again. I could do a whole episode on my stories that I've experienced throughout the years in the haunted house I grew up in, in houses when I go to Cape May. I've had a number of different experiences. But again, I'm feeling like this year the veil is incredibly thin and I'm going to work with it. I'm, I'm going with it. I'm looking around the room right now. Is a light going to flicker? Is somebody going to, some spirit going to confirm what I'm saying? <laughs> no, I can't. I can't always ask for that to happen. It just happens. So anyway, thank you all for your stories. I loved reading them. I hope you enjoyed listening to some of those. And now let's get into the card pool of the episode. All right, going into the card pool for this episode, I am once again using the Seasons of the Witch Samhain Oracle deck because Samhain is just around the corner and why not? So let's choose the card. What message? Elders, card 15, elders. Birthed from seed within the belly of the moon, they are the wise felt touches over our hearts and felt deep within the marrow of our spirit. Oh man, doesn't that speak to this episode as well? Key words are compassion and wisdom. Elders are wise. They are the ones who've lived and experienced more ups and downs, twists and turns than the rest of us. Elders were the storytellers and keepers of knowledge. They were the ones we sought when in turmoil and who would hold us as we wept for the unfairness life can bring. They had compassion for us, but also gave sage advice drawn from their decades of experience. Today, many elders are seen as a burden instead of cherished loved ones who deserve the right to be supported and cared for in their old age. Many elders have not been given the space to share the wise words of their traditions because our modern world moves too fast for their slow wisdom. Yet there are those among us, particularly witches, who still see the wisdom in their old ways. If you hold the elders card, it is to remind you to have compassion for others and to never disregard someone's wisdom or experience. A Zen saying tells us, You should sit in meditation for 20 minutes a day unless you're too busy. Then you should sit for an hour. Oh, I love that. This knowledge can be applied to wisdom as well. Often the thing you need most when life is moving so fast is to slow down 
and see what you've been missing or, in this case, who you've been missing. This card is a call to meet with your elders to see if they have wisdom to share about your ancestors that can help you on your path. I think this is a fantastic message, especially now as we approach Samhain, we approach the time in our year where we connect with our ancestors and listen to the stories that are told and are passed down. And one thing that I wish I did more of, (coughs) excuse me, one thing I wish I did more of while my grandparents were alive is to sit down and ask them to tell me their stories. I I know a lot of the stories through word of mouth. My Nana would tell stories. I have a lot of stories from my Nana. Um, and I have some stories from my Grammy, but I really wish that I, I sat down and consciously like made the effort and wrote things down. I started doing that as my Nana was getting older. Um, when I would, you know, I asked her the stories about our, the feeling, the, I'm sorry, healing folk practitioners, the magicians in our family, and the Brokkeri, and powwowing that my uncle did, and my Nana with her up table up and doing her witchy things sometimes. And, you know, I loved hearing those stories, and I wish that I had asked to hear even more. So this might be a nice little reminder for you to do so, to reach out Um, reach out to your elders, reach out to the wise men and women of your family. So yes, what a lovely card. What a lovely ending to a fun, this is a fun little episode today. I say little, but I think it's going to be a long, a fun, long episode. But before I close today, I just want to do a couple of thank yous to some people who have rated the podcast on Apple podcast from the last episode. So Jacob from Georgia, the podcast is exactly what you need. I love it. Thank you. J-S-Y-M-O, you discovered this podcast after searching through many podcasts that didn't resonate and you feel like your shoulders can relax even after the first episode. So thank you so, so much. Neon Purple Vans, You have long considered looking into podcasts and you just did and you found me. So I am so glad that you found me and you can't find a complaint. That makes me feel good because I am fast at critiquing myself. So I do appreciate that. Lady Leanna, um, Jenny would be the professor. (laughs) That's so funny. Hands down. Yes. Thank you so much for reading the book. And thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. I so appreciate you. Carolina Girl 828, you're so happy you stumbled upon the podcast and you recommend it. I'm glad you did as well. Cass 8090, you can't explain how thrilled you are to have found the podcast. I am so glad that you found it as well. And Witchy Missy, you are glad to have found all of the content. And I think... Those are the new, the newest ones, I want to say. And if I miss some of you, I apologize. Um, but I do appreciate all of your comments. If you would like to support me and the podcast, please comment, rate, review. A huge shout out and thank you to all of you for listening and to boosting my podcast to number one in the Spotify charts that just, I I never imagined it would happen. You can connect with me on Instagram at Comfy Cozy Witch. You can also find me in the Comfy Cozy Witches Facebook group. So everyone, thank you so much for listening. I hope that you have a blessed Samhain and that your experiences with this thinning veil are comforting and warm to you. So until next time, everybody stay comfy, cozy, and witchy.